Warning, this is Spoiler Based Podcast. If you have not seen 1999's Fight Club, do me a solid favor. Stop what you're doing. Put everything down. Go watch this movie, man, and come back and see us. If you somehow have not seen it, welcome to the year 2017. This is called a podcast, and you're on the internet right now, so enjoy. Catch us on Twitter Instagram at Colt45Podcast. Like us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And give us a five-star review on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play, a Satchel, Stitcher, uh, you name it. Any type of podcasting app, we are on that. Be sure to hit us up on Colt45Podcast.com if you want to see photos. Links to uh, SoundCloud to the guys who helped us out with our music, which is uh, Nameless, Question 7, and Young Mustard. Today, Colt 45 is powered by Detroit Citrus Acid, Salt, Sodium Citrate, Monopotassium Phosphate, Sugar, and Water. <laughs> Sounds like good old fashioned soda. Uh, <laughs> once again, your boy is uh, alcohol free this week. Uh, sadly, but not sadly. Yeah, welcome everybody to a uh, mind-blowing edition of Code 45. I'm your host, Beat'em Down. Today, I'm joined by Random Randy Savage. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? How you been this week? I feel like you've been really kind to me these past couple weeks. Like, you just keep picking my favorite movies. I don't know why, but thank you. (laughs) Just trying to get you relaxed, man, before we uh, get into the fucking horrible movies like uh, Martyrs. (laughs) It's a coming. Trust me. You're gonna be you're gonna be upset soon. So I, I just want that's to what do. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for like Mano's <laughs> Hand of Fate or like yeah. Oh, let's boy. do a thousand days of Sodom. Let's do it. Yeah. The maybe maybe if we do like a, a charity drive, <laughs> like we suffer for people suffering or some shit. But until then, no. Uh, let's just keep the hits coming. But yeah, dude. Um, this week we're doing um fucking Fight Club, man. I'm telling you, this movie it it was my bible in high school. <laughs> explain please so i saw the movie and i really liked it and then i followed the author hang on i'm gonna I'm butcher the last name i even looked it up how to say it right chuck palinic and so he wrote fight club but then he has so he also wrote uh, lullaby which they've started pre-production on this year uh they he made choke so they've already had that movie come out with sam rockwell uh they have haunted which is if they ever make that movie you think audition was rough haunted will be like, Hunter will make audition look like a Sunday picnic. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Where, in the first chapter, somebody has to bite through their own ass. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, from this guy's mind, we have a 1999's Fight Club. Wow. I have to read that book because that is, man, holy shit. <laughs> I hope she's skinny or he. But, um, no, he, he, he is forever skinny because they tied his esophagus to the bottom of his asshole now because he was almost literally disemboweled by a pool uh, suction. Oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Jesus. Ugh. That's a real thing. That's that a real thing. Them. Don't put your booty hole on them jets, folks. That's a nice little PSA for you. Because uh, you will have to bite your own ass to get out. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I didn't know you. I was thinking like butt cheek. 
No, <sighs> you meant like, I meant uh, I meant inside the meat. Uh, oh <laughs> God, let's get off the subject, man. Let's let's right. just start this fucking but movie. Fight Club. Oh, oh it's the best. God, it started it all. Oh Jesus. Uh, this movie, the rights were sold for 10k, bro. Fucking glorious. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well played, Fox. Well fucking played. You bastards. <laughs> but it was uh, directed by David Fincher, who kind of jumped in because um, he tried to buy the rights himself. <laughs> for some reason, I guess he was offering 500 bucks or some shit because he, <laughs> he couldn't buy it. But he was able to get in once uh, once the rights were bought. But that, that, that's neither here nor there. We're gonna um, let's let's get the movie started. Let's break it down. Yes, let's go ahead. So, so the movie starts. If you haven't seen it, uh, very jarring beginning because we have Edward Norton, who uh, we'll dub him Jack, if you will, because he's basically the narrator. Doesn't really have a name for reasons. But um, we'll just call him Jack. Okay. So Jack has a motherfucking gun in his mouth, <laughs> and. Uh, narration spot on, like I, because you, you could tell when it's like a book a- adaptation, the narration is always fucking like really fucking good, because it's is it's telling a story but not in a lazy way, and uh, very descriptive. And I like I like the joke about how when you have a gun in your mouth, you can only speak, you only you, you can only say vowels. I thought mm-hmm. it was really funny, like thing right off the bat, and it kind of lets you know the uh you know the kind of tone of the movie, man. Like uh, I know this is one of your standbys, so I'm pretty sure you've seen this multiple watches. Oh yes, multiple times. This movie. In, in all fairness, is actually a noir kind of film. Mm-hmm. You definitely see mm-hmm. the crushed blacks and the highlighted whites. But in most noirs, it's a mystery that leads up to the end of the protagonist that's caused by a woman. And even in the first scene, we hear how Jack and the question he asks is, do I know Tyler Durden? So that's our mystery. And then he, then he goes on to say that the bombs, the revolution, you know, the soap, all has to do with a woman named Marla Singer. Which brings us to our woman who leads to the protagonist's death. Right. Right. So what's really what's really crazy about this is like shit's shit's getting real. Cause because we're here, like you said, we're hearing about explosions. There's like bombs set up and shit. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And and we cut immediately to uh to Jack getting his face buried in some titties. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, these titties belong to Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I will do anything for love, meatloaf. Bad out of hell, meatloaf. I was so I was so God. hoping that Tim Curry would jump out and like, "Hell, you do I See, you met my giant titted man. <laughs> it was fucking gross, but um, man, I just couldn't. That was a tough image to swallow. Bob with breasts, man. Like um. Very endearing character, <laughs> but just oh, yeah. oh boy, it, it was a lot to swallow. You, you you could do nothing but feel bad for the guy, and 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 <laughs> they throw you thrust in like like right into the middle of this crazy ass situation, and you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. But before they do that, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa let me pull it back a bit, which I appreciate it, uh, Jack. Thank you very much. And he uh, he basically lays out how you know he's he's kind of empty inside. He's he's a shell of himself, and mm-hmm. um he you know he, he suffers from insomnia. And he was trying to figure out ways to get through it. So he's talking to his doctor like, dude, I'm really hurting right now. I'm trying to get some pills, trying to do some shit. Doctor's like, fuck you and the pills, homie. Um, you know, because this is before, you know, weed, legalized weed was a fucking thing. Because that would have probably stopped this entire movie from happening. Let me not, let me not get on my soapbox on that. But. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like if this doctor had just tossed him like six pills, that would have been the end of this movie. Yeah, just like, 
credit. <laughs> Fucking I'm fine. Daft Punk plays in the background and shit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just everything's fine. But um, he's like, nah, dude, take your bitch ass to this church and, and go see these dudes that have no balls that had testicle cancer. And you'll see what pain is, motherfucker. I don't want to hear that shit. Which, which, you know what? Props to the no-nonsense uh, doctor to a certain extent. <laughs> it's like, you want to be a hypochondriac? Let me show you some motherfuckers that have no balls, son. It's going to change your whole life. It's going to change your whole... Change everything But he goes Jack actually listens to his doctor And goes I would have been like Whatever dude And go watch TV mm-hmm. And never sleep But he goes man Super Super sad <laughs> The saddest Fucking thing I've ever seen In my life man Like uh, I know It's, it's kind of funny But it's not The uh, the testicular cancer group That line that he pulls out Like I wanna We should really thank Thomas For sharing himself With us today And I was like Come on There's gotta be a better way To say that I mean, Better way to like. Uh, I mean, I was too. I was too just covered in the sadness of what he was saying. He was like, you know, uh, my wife had uh, had her child, and then you know, with this other man for the new marriage, <laughs> start falling apart. And I was just like, oh god, Jesus. They get into the part of the, of the meetings where it's like one on ones, right? Where it's time to hug. So here comes. <laughs> honestly, if you're not okay and you're super sad, and you're in a men's only group. I, I I guess the guy with the biggest titties is the nice person, the best one to have to hug, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because you get because it feels like a woman, kinda, and then it's just like <laughs> through the whole movie. I pray Bob wouldn't go to jail because if he went to like hardcore penitentiary jail, that's that's literally his ass. Literally, <laughs> my milkshakes bring the boys oh, to the yard. Boy. <laughs> ten times it's ten times bigger than that. Ten times bigger than the dodgeball scene. Way worse. Uh, way so worse. worse. Way worse. So like um, I like how Jack Jack is hugging Bob and like you know Bob's crying it out. Let you know I like how you get like um, it's probably like the most natural ways I've seen exposition of a character come out because mm-hmm. it because it, it makes sense. It, it it's it's not necessarily forced because they're in a group to share on a one on one. So he's like, hey, I was a juicer. Uh, uh, you know the the roids fucked me up, gave me cancer of the balls. I had lost them. Uh, and I have to take hormones. Therefore, the side effects of these big ass titties. <laughs> I mean nipples and everything, bro. It's fucking hilarious. I like how Jack just fucking breaks down, dude. And he legit cries. <laughs> he completely oh. opens up and like cries a Rorschach like <laughs> fucking painting on, on Bob's chest. And um he's like, you know, he's feeling kind of revitalized to where he's hooked on going to like um like grief counseling meetings. Right. Like he just well, goes and like just pretends he has whatever affliction that he has and says you know much of nothing and just feeds off it well to be honest i mean i feel like as a natural way a natural pain reliever is in tears and the pain that he had inside that he couldn't define that was keeping him up at night was being alleviated by just letting go of his of that emotion just releasing whatever kind of tension he had that allows him to sleep right and he slept like a baby which was like hilarious but it, it, it's kind of sick how he was like it, it, in a weird way. It's like he's 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 not really there for them. It's mainly for him, you know. Like like uh, I guess being a victim and, and being special in a weird way, and, and having people like legit listen to him uh, gave him a weird sense of self worth. On top of that, which is really weird and really sad. And like he's and he's utilizing like all these exercises. Like the uh, uh, he, he goes into his personal cave. He finds a spirit animal, which is a uh, fucking penguin, which is an interesting one to have. And it's just, just slide, baby. I really like how the penguin. T- 
That's all the penguin tells him. Just slide, man. Mm-hmm. Just slide around this cave. And here comes Marla Singer. We're a little bit of trivia. They literally had to get the rights for this name because Marla Singer at the time of 1999 was only one person that exists in the United States of America. So they couldn't be like, oh, the names, you know, these are just a random. It could have been any Marla Singer. No, that was the Marla Singer. They had to talk to that one chick. Like, wow. Legally. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like you would think it's a common name, but it is is apparently not. It might still only be one Marla Singer in America, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Like, that's really crazy. Like, like that's one of the rare times it's ever had to happen. But, um, yeah, what can you do? Is it, they didn't want to get sued. They, they literally had to go find her to talk to her to uh, make sure shit wouldn't get out of hand. So, enter Marla Singer, played by, what's her name? Uh, Helen Bona Carter. Yes. Um, I find her attractive, and then I don't sometimes. Yeah, when she's not covered in white paint makeup and like, which is always like, which is always, especially since she's working with her husband Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and it's like she's either covered in white makeup or crazy hair flying everywhere. I really liked her in the King's Speech. See, I didn't see that movie. Cause like I'm- she, she plays like like a duchess rather than the queen. She's gonna be the queen regent eventually, oh, and okay. she she becomes like the stoic character that like she's the ground that he walks on as he tries to get through this other kind of affliction he's dealing with. No, I got you. Well, see, it's a good movie. Uh, but see, the thing with her is like, she's like Betty Boop if she did heroin. Yes, that that is exactly how she likes, looks all the time. Yeah, it's just, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm conflicted. It's like, I mean, yeah, but. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, she enters in, she's fucking smoking. She could give zero fucks. And she's fucking up his vibe, man. Jack cannot sleep anymore. Because he knows that she's doing the same shit that he's doing. But he wants to call her out for being a fucking fake. Which is just hypocritical in itself. And he finally takes the time out to confront her. And I love how she puts him on blast. Like, you rehearsed this, haven't you? He's, mm-hmm. like, what? He's like, so how's it going so far? And, and, comp- and, and they hit a stalemate. Because it's like, if he rats her out, she'll rat him out. Thus, conflict. And they are just not okay with each other, dude. So he's like, literally, it gets, gets, gets points where he bargains with her. We see what type of person Mala is because he's following her. Like, she walks out of the fucking grief area, uh, going down the street, goes into a laundromat, takes clothes, and then immediately sells them. And <laughs> terrible zoning job by uh, whatever city this is to have the fucking thrift shop right by a laundromat. You're just asking for trouble. Yeah, dude. And, and, and she, has a, she, has, she has a propensity to walk through traffic, giving zero fucks about herself at all, which is just insane. Oh, stressful to watch. I was, wait, I was waiting for a meet Joe Black situation. Like, each time she did, I was like, she's going to get hit. It's going to happen. No, but that's the idea. That's Marla is what he really wants to be. He wants to walk around not giving a fuck about anything. Marla doesn't need these groups. No. She's actually she's actually just bored. But she, she has this so... She's just so bored that she wants to find and create mayhem more than anything else. And... The fact that he he spots her as a liar, he understands that that her being a liar or a tourist causes him not to have the ability to cry anymore. It it you know it lights to shine a light on her. It shines a light on his lie. And I like how he called her a tourist because like it's like he planned on being there to stay. I'm not here just for shits and giggles. Like I'm I'm here on some bullshit, but at the same time I I need this. And I thought that was really weird uh, uh, line of thinking. But you're kind of seeing that he's not okay just in general so we 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 get a nice little work travel sequence where we kind of go along with him to see what he does for his job to make him so soulless as he is right now in the film and um i like the 
the breakdown of all the travel soaps, how everything's like a one use, single use this, single use that. Even they went so far to have like a Q-tip wrapped up in plastic, which I was like, that is officially insane uh, for, yeah. for everything to be done. To where he even dubbed things uh, single use friends, like when, when he beat somebody on a, on a plane. And, and and it makes sense. Like I've never really really had to travel for work per se, right? But, but um, but I I have traveled and have meet meet certain people, and I was able to kind of affix that to what he's going through, and I can see how that can make him pretty detached to uh, mm-hmm. just humanity in general. Then his job is kind of like a um, not like a claims adjuster, but like a um, uh, risk management actuary. Assessment. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. an actuary. That's right. what like his job is basically just to calculate risk versus how much profit. They could make or how much loss it's going to be able to make if we settle more than anything else right and and i liked how there was a car that was completely just gone burnt all the way out a family was in there and died and they couldn't give less of a fuck about that shit cold-blooded cold-blooded dude one of the guys was overweight and like the fat from his body got stuck to the uh chair with his shirt and they had nothing but jokes I would have been weeping tears. <laughs> I would have been crying, dude. I couldn't. I would not be able to just sit there with those guys and be like, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> I'd be like, and "The father, father, you make it. Babies in the back, man. <laughs> Fucking. I smell something. You know, I'm hungry for barbecue. Anybody yeah. want some barbecue? Burst into fucking tears. I bet they were going to a barbecue. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be no good. I'll be no good. I'll be the bitch, basically. Oh, bitch ass Brandon, crying over dead families. What a bitch. Well, that's you saw the time Brandon held that baby chair in his hand and fucking fell to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon just fucking fell apart, man. <laughs> what a bitch. I don't know why he signed up for this job. He knows <laughs> he knows we're going to crime scenes. I mean <clears throat> accidents. <laughs> why why do you have to clutch the teddy bear and fall to his fall to his ass? Like why? He was only a child, just fucking losing it. <laughs> I'll be no good, bro. I'm sorry. That's shit will ruin me, dude. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> so Jack is so dead inside, right? He's even dreaming about midair plane crashes, bro. Who does that? Whilst in the air, rando. Mm. What? So somebody who really doesn't want to, like, who wants to, doesn't want to give a fuck anymore. And it's like, you ever been in those like moments where you're just so filled with emotion, you just, I don't want to care anymore about anything. I want to just be numb to the world. I mean, yeah, I want to like, you know, go juggernaut and just walk through cars and shit, but not like, not on this level, man. It's mainly rage for me, but <laughs> that's another, that's another conversation, buddy. Um, laughing my pain. So, uh, we, uh, <laughs> 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 so, I can't deal with my emotions. <laughs> So we um during his dream he wakes up right which I feel like is is very pivotal in this movie like like he dreams of just absolute destruction around him and when he wakes up Tyler Durden's on the emergency uh side of the um plane he's on the window seat right by the door where uh you, you open it up if anything goes down or whatnot right and I loved how they had a conversation of well hell I mean you want to switch seats i.e. you want to take responsibility for what's about to happen from here on out which I really liked right really liked um very subtle like way of um you know assuming control type of situation that's happening here he's like nah man i don't, I don't think I, I don't think i can handle that responsibility you know kind of saying it jokingly but at the same time he's talking about his brain people we'll get to it a little teaser a little sprinkle sprinkle some of that 
that foreshadowing crack on this uh, body right quick. So another thing, this isn't the first time we've seen Tyler, if you're paying attention. Yes. If you're paying super good attention, you would have saw him when the doctor was talking that hot shit. It was a blip, little quick blip of him. And then when else did that happen, Rando? So in the office, when the copier is going by, there's Tyler. Mm-hmm. When when the guy's saying thank you, Thomas, for sharing himself, he's patting him on the back, and then bloop, there's Tyler. Oh, I missed him on that one. I was I'll probably taking notes on that shit. Fuck. And then when you're in the hotel room and he eats the mint and they say welcome, Tyler's on the TV. He was the one um with a bunch of guys with their hands out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. So, like, you know, he was there, but he's not there. But it doesn't matter, folks. Once again, we're sprinkling some more foreshadowing crack cocaine on that body. Oh, oh, and also right after the uh, the first meeting, when he finds Marla Singer and she walks out, Tyler pops up again. Damn. I missed a bunch of them. Shit. Yeah. Huh, I thought I was sharp, sharp shit when I caught the doctor one. But um, well, I saw a bunch of, like, like I said. Not my first viewing. I've seen this a lot. <laughs> so he, he probably took like two notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So like he's he, he's going home now, right? Finally. Yeah. After he gets the card from Tyler Durden and then Tyler walks off into the sunset. There's something about his luggage and he's like, was it ticking? No, modern bombs don't tick. But if a thrower finds a piece of luggage that vibrates, then they have to call the police. 90% of the time, it's an electric razor. But every once in a while, it's a dildo. Oh, snap. And he's like, we're not trying to say it's your dildo. But it's like, oh, God. He's just doing him dirty, man. So he's his shit's, you know, shit sucks right now. So he can't get his bags. So he's going right. to go home. Right? No big deal. Uh, except he can't go home because his fucking apartment blew up. All of his cherished items from Ikea has flown out of the fucking window from this huge gas explosion. Now, what's really funny, when you really think about it, was how much he valued that IKEA furniture because he he was so dead inside to where he identified himself by completing his um, condo and completing his wardrobe. So much so that he talks about it later on at the bar when we uh, get to that point. But one thing I thought was really interesting as an observation was the way that he looked at his IKEA magazine while he was on the toilet earlier in the movie. He held the book sideways like it was a porno mag. Right. Which is like, that's sad. Moving on. Nice little <laughs> observation there, folks. So he, he he goes to call on the payphone, which does not exist anymore in these days. Um, he, go, he goes to call Marla first because they exchange numbers during this entire psycho walking through the traffic shit. And he hangs up on her. He has cold feet. And then he calls Tyler. Right. Which, which I feel like is another interesting little tidbit of... of what he was willing to put up with. I think I think at this point, Jack can't handle his shit anymore. So he has to lean on Tyler. Somebody who he thinks is pretty cool. It was, mm-hmm. it was a little more foreshadowing. So they go hang on and have a drink, man. Fuck it. You know, your house got blowing up. Let's have a beer or two. And um you get you get to learn a little bit about Tyler. You know, he's kind of a kind of a cool dude. He speaks only in monologues. <laughs> literally. This whole movie is an actor's wet dream because it's all monologues. True. What do you, what do you ask him? Like, does he know what a duvet is? You know what a duvet is? It, it's a blanket. It's a com- you know, it's a comforter. Right. Like, why do I need to know that in the hunter-gatherer sense of the word? No reason for me to know that. So what am I now? I'm a consumer. I'm only built now to buy things. War, poverty, death, and destruction. These things don't concern me anymore. It's for you know, TV channels and Martha Stewart and Viagra and Alexa and stuff like that. But it's all nothing. It's meaningless. The guy who spent, telling this guy who's 
so his identity is wrapped inside of his that it was all bullshit. And there's no there's that's not you. You should be glad that it's gone. But he's like, but that's just me. You know, maybe right. it's not you yet, but that's just me. Right. Which is really interesting how how he kind of pegged him already and, and like knew that he valued himself through his shit. Right. Which is really interesting. Also, the fact that, you know, um, when his refrigerator exploded out of his apartment, he had all condiments, but no food. Everything that would, uh, would uh, I guess, facilitate <laughs> actual substance, but not substance itself. Moving on from this shit. So, to, you know, so, so Tyler's like, hey, man, I want you to punch me as hard as you fucking can. And you're like, whoa, what? What's going on? Is is this how the fight club starts? You know, if you're just a simple-minded person watching this movie, and um, we get a little, we get a little backstory about Tyler before this uh, punch uh, uh, is initiated, because we need to learn how cool this guy is, how much of a badass, free spirit this motherfucker is. So no, we need to know how much Tyler's a crazy madman, literally an insane person who well, just likes to cause mischief more than anything else. Back when um they had projectors and reels, he would splice in in kids' movies a dick or two, or a little, little bit of fucking. This is a real quick moment, like where you wouldn't notice it. Like I don't know through the rest of this movie that happens, um, <laughs> but it was it was a penis, straight up penis, uh, just flashing in a kids movie. Now, mind you, why is there a kids film being shot late at night? Remember how he works at night? Yeah. So wh- wh- why why is there a family at a night? Whatever. They had a Lego movie showing at like nine thirty at night. That's night. That works. Not, that's not late night. She, you you know where I'm. But he's not like he's like he works. From two a like that would make no sense if like there was a family theater like at two o'clock in the morning. It's like, and hey, we're gonna show Cinderella now and <laughs> penis. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless, so also he uh you know he pees in soup and shit and lobster bisque, jizzes in it possibly. But he's a really shitty waiter as well. But like in a really fancy you know restaurant where you don't every man wouldn't give a fuck about him. They wouldn't be appalled. It's like yeah, fuck those guys. So like. You know he he's he's made in a way to where you'll like him. So we so we cut back. He's like, hey man, fucking punch me. The shit looked kind of real. It was kind of funny looking. I actually believe that Edward Norton did punch Brad Pitt in the ear because it was a mess up, and they just kept it. Yeah, the shit looked fucking hilarious. Like I, I didn't I didn't look it up to see if it was or not, but that shit looked really <laughs> fucking heinous. It was like a sickening thud right into his fucking ear, and he did not enjoy it. And he gut punches the shit out of Jack, and they proceed to just fight. They just have a little script scrap, and, and oddly enough, it's a good time. Was it a way of uh, pent-up uh, homoerotic sexual tension? Possibly. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I just don't throw fists with people for the fuck of it. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I do. <laughs> I, get, I engage fisticuffs all the time with my fellow man. But, um... <laughs> So he uh, he finally gets back to his house. Mind you, I don't give a fuck what the hell's going on. I don't care if my house exploded. I don't care if Knight Rider drove through my house. I don't care if uh, Gypsy Danger fell through my fucking apartment complex. I'm not staying in that fucking house. That house is disgusting. It looked haunted, number one. It, it looked haunted, number one. Number two, I swore Annabelle was in there. Uh, the doll and the spirit. Just like, it just looked, no. It just, no, dude. Like, when it rains, it rains on you inside. Fucking uh, the water looked like doo doo, like no, negative, bro, negative. You couldn't. T- I-, I don't give a fuck what the. You can't. Please try to sell me on that house to stay there for a minute. Just one minute. Yeah. Well, what if I told you that if you stayed in this house, here, just walk inside the house with me, and I'll tell you exactly how why you should stay inside this house. 
No, see, that, that, that's when you get stabbed by 15 crackheads, bro. No, negative. It's a trap. No way. Yeah, bro. that's. No way. No way, dude. I'm sorry. Like that. Ugh, that house is fucking gross. So time is progressing because they're having a grand old time somehow. I would say one benefit to living in the house, I'll be fucking skinny as shit because I'll be afraid to eat anything in that goddamn house. Because, <laughs> you know, rats and roaches like just fucking orgy banged on on everything. Nothing was safe. Um, Moving on. Moving on. <sighs> so uh, <laughs> house is gross. Uh, need, needless to say. Oh, also their, their basement's flooded forever. And it's like, no, you know, that shit stank, bro. Oh yeah, God! They putting their feet in it. Uh, moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> this shit is gross. So we, we we get we get Tyler in the tub having a conversation with um with Jack about their dads and and their you know how much they suck and how absent they were and how they had similar dad stories and stuff. Mind you, keep in mind Tyler's in a tub that is probably filled with brown water. Just want to throw that out there. So clearly. Tyler Durden has a UTI as we speak. Ah, oh, so gross. As time progresses, as time progresses, as his pee burns, more and more people are like kind of getting involved with this back bar brawl type shit because they fought behind a bar and two dudes found Tyler and Jack beating the living crap out of each other. And they were, for some reason, they were intrigued. I'm assuming everyone's pissy drunk and it's like after uh, last call, right? Or this place doesn't have a last call for this to even like be a manageable idea. This is where we have it to where they go into the basement, right? Right, right, right. So, like, they're doing, like, like they, they show up to this bar, and now it's to the point where they're going inside, right? So, like, everyone's doing the fucking, you know, Fight Club nod, which is, like, a thing that's going to happen throughout the rest of this movie. So, they do the nods and shit, and then we have a guy who looks like Old Man Logan <laughs> lead him into the fucking, uh... <laughs> if Old Man Logan and Neil Diamond had a baby, basically... Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Irving. That, Irving. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Logan Diamond uh, leads him down to the basement. And uh, we, we get the famous, you know, rules of Fight Club. You know? Right. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp. Taps out. The fight is over. Fourth rule. Only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule. One fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule. No shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule. Fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule. If this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Before we get to the main scene where Tyler sets up the rules, this is where we get the name Jack from. Because there's a Reader Digest uh, novel about right, Jack's right. medulla oblongata and Jack's colon. I get cancer, I kill Jack. But then also they, they have set up these questions about if you could fight anyone, who would you fight? If you could fight a celebrity, what celebrity would you fight? Justin Bieber. That's a good one. Mine's, yeah. mine's really easy. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can guess it. Mm. No, Donald no. Trump. Donald, Donald Trump. Donald fucking Trump. I would Man. fight the fuck out of him. I would, I would want someone to actually give me kind of a challenge a little bit. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel like Bieber would try really hard, and I I would have to like restrain not to like kill this person. Just fucking the only thing I'd be trying is to knock his hair off if it's possible. I just want to see if like a right hook can take off his hair, and if not, then I will persist to try some more. 
So I'm on the watch list now. But um, if there was a historical, yep. <laughs> if there was a historical figure you can have a fucking bra with, who would it be? Uh, Julius Caesar. What? Explain. Yeah. So not only is he the leader of a great army, a great army, and an empire, he also bedded Cleopatra. So I think the ability to take that guy down would have been really cool. You trying you trying to swoop in on some Cleopatra action? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I'm gonna whoop your ass, Julius. I'm taking your fine ass black. Baby. I'm gonna take your woman too. I'm gonna take it too, that. baby. Get ready. Um, it's a tough call. Is is either Teddy Roosevelt or I forgot the other guy. I, I had somebody in mind for a while, but like Teddy Roosevelt, I feel like ooh, that's a fight. <laughs> that's a goddamn fight. Why am I fighting presidents? Also. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I hate the presidential. Like I hate the executive office. I just want to fight it. I want to beat him before polio does. But um, (laughs) Jesus, you hear me, Teddy? You, you bitch. Um, I I don't say you be speckled, bitch. But I couldn't. I couldn't get it out. But um, but there is one more. It's like it feels like there was one question. If you could fight anyone that you know personally, know, yeah, who would it be? I don't have anybody I personally know that I want to fight. Honestly, I mean I do, yeah. I do, but but I wouldn't broadcast it either. <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's not that important. So it's like, mm. it's nobody that was on the show. Uh, that's a hint. Nobody, everyone who's on my show who's ever been on my show, I would I would not fight. J- just for the listeners who were like, I wonder who he's talking about. No, 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 nobody. Right? Nobody. <laughs> who, who is he talking don't about? Don't be a messy bitch, listeners. So um, <laughs> so basically. We get this crazy ass uh, deal where Marla reaches out trying to find right. Jack because Jack's not going to these fucking meetings anymore. And you're like, oh, isn't that kind of sort of sweet? And then weird sex dream, like weird CG, um, matrixy, like music video sex scene out of nowhere where we where we have Marla getting just, I'm assumed, plowed by the freeze frame action that's going down. That's and, interesting that you said Matrix. <laughs> Why? Because that's how they shot it. Oh, so they have they had a scene with uh, Brad Pitt and Helena Carter doing have making like getting in positions of the Kama Sutra, and they shot it like the slow motion scene in the Matrix with the ring of cameras around them. Nice and hilarious. So, <laughs> God, that's man. They need to film extra points like that. That'd be amazing. So that would be amazing. Like here comes the <laughs> bullet shot. Oh, now it's not cool anymore. <laughs> As it, right, lands, it. as it lands on our forehead in all three 360 degrees. So, moving on, my friends. Uh, we get Jack waking up in the house and shit. And boom, Marla is actually in the house. It's like, what the fuck's going on, dude? And it's clear that she smashed um, uh, Tyler, right? right. And, and Tyler comes down in this goofy-ass uh, <laughs> fucking robe with some mugs on it. Funniest thing ever. It looks super comfy though, but dirty as fuck. I know it smells like like old dishwater. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like so, they smashed. You could tell Jack's a little bit in his feelings about this shit. Also, what happened was like, cause he's like, oh, you'll never you'll never realize how I met her. And Jack realizes, um, cause she when she called him to check on him, see where he's at. She was kind of going on about how she's gonna kill herself and how many drugs she took. And Jack couldn't care less, so he puts the phone on the goddamn uh, <laughs> not on the hook. But on top of the phone to where it wouldn't right. hang up. So she'll just think she's talking to him still. And then Tyler comes around the corner and hears it. Comes and finds her when she's trying to like basically. She was basically drugged up to the point where she was. Uh, she could die. She falls asleep. Right. Like she was in danger. 
And Tyler was like, look, man, let me get you out of this fucking house and shit. So, because the cops are coming. Because for some reason, uh, somebody called the cops because somebody was silently killing themselves. Whatever. Um, probably got some thin-ass walls in these apartments. So, he gets her out and he takes her back to his house. And she's like, I can't go to sleep. You got to find a way to keep me up. And Tyler gave her that dick. <laughs> I know what keep you up all night, girl. This penis. So, um... He banged he, he banged her out, you know, and and they they proceeded to bang like forever. Yes, like a lot, four times. If you, if you noticed in the toilet, yeah, and it was and that was like time lapse. So like they were going for a while, just straight meat slapping, dude. And they were like unabashedly loud about it. Didn't care, you know. Didn't, number one, didn't care about the fragileness of the house. <laughs> They were literally rocking the Casbah, bro. Like it was, it was some legit shit going down. But that—that's how I would love to actually have sex with somebody. It's just like I wanted to do it so hard, it breaks the floor below me and then just falls down as pieces of the ceiling. Yeah, I'm all about it. If that's not my fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't doing that shit in my establishment. You fucking make ass paste that shit back on the roof. You better fix that shit. But uh, <laughs> I'll be afraid, honestly. Afraid. And- of my power but oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm lying i'll be so, so proud much, of myself oh this uh, mighty dick that i throw down <laughs> as thor's hammer rock bosses crumble at the might of my- <laughs> so <laughs> so um yeah we um I, I like i like how my notes i said meanwhile ties up in them guts but um yeah, so the, so the cop calls, you know, let him know that a homemade dynamite blew up his fucking, his apartment. Which, if you paid attention at all to this movie, you, you kind of see where this is fucking going, right? Right. It's not, it's not that crazy. Tyler just says, just tell him you fucking did it. Tell him you blew it all up. That's what he wants to hear. Which is really interesting that he said that, right? Yeah. So, Jack is pretty much mean to Marla whenever she shows back up and she gets very upset and storms out every single time. You're like, damn, man, they just they just can't get along. It's like, is she is she embarrassed? Is she smashing Tyler? Or what's what's going on here with this? Like, you know, there's a huge rift between them. Anytime he opens opens his mouth to her, she's very combative and kind of confused at times when she speaks to him. When you look at her, you're like, well, you're probably on drugs. So of course you're out of it, lady. And you just disregard whatever she whatever she got going on. Just common sense right so this is where we get to the part where um tyler needs to make soap make some money right right this is how tyler makes uh, uh makes soap my god you want to talk about this shit because this shit is fucking gross yeah so tyler explains that the best soap is made from fat rendered out and then created to make soap and the best fat for making soap comes from humans so they end up in this after hour, like this parking lot or this dumpster after hours, and Jack asks, "What are we? Where are we?" And it's like a liposuction clinic. Yeah. And they pull out these disgusting, like Ooh. giant sacks of just meaty fat. <laughs> you know what? I gotta give props to the director because, like, when uh, Tyler threw the first bag at Jack, and you can see Jack brace himself for grossness, and the bag is kind of like, 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 like a loose water balloon. And it's so disgusting. And you're like, oh, God. And, like, instead of doing the rule of three, they did the rule of two, where, like, a bag breaks immediately. Like, like they, they don't, he didn't waste any time on that bag break, and it was fucking gross. Fucking gross. 
And the fact that like Tyler even stood under it, like, oh, I don't give a fuck, trying to catch it. Like, no, dude, I would have aborted the fuck out of that mission. David uh, says, go get another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, we're done. We're done. We're done. Baby soaps. Tiny, tiny shell soaps from here on out. Fuck this shit. Really, really disgusting, dude. And, and I, I like the line of, um, we're selling these ladies fat asses right back to them. I thought that was a pretty, pretty nifty line. Oh, yeah. So this is this is the scene where Tyler burns the living fuck out of uh, Jack, right? Right. This is this is the lie speech. This is the uh, fathers and God speech. Yeah, which is like, okay, I get what you're saying, but do you have to burn the fuck out of me chemically? Like, do you do you really have to do that? And he, and he's literally like, you could you could tell where the dominant <laughs> person is being in control at this point because he's like literally holding him still as his skin bubbles from the fucking lie burning his shit up. And also, really horrific uh, history lesson on where lie came from that um you know a bunch of dead bodies and shit um on the river <laughs> was causing a weird soapy discharge that made your clothes get a little cleaner. Uh, fuck. That's a fucked up way to find out your clothes are getting clean. That's the first soap. The first soap made by the sacrifices of humans. Yeah, just the piles of dead bodies just scrunched up on one part of the river and shit. Because, like, this dude, just imagine one village is, like, just stoked. Like, dude, my shit is legit white. Finally, my God, look at this. Look how look how sheen this is. And just, like, dancing around and shit, spinning around, and then trips over all the fucking dead bodies in the river. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> But that's another part of this movie that ex- that that we're trying that's underneath this uh, underneath it all is we don't get better we don't move on we don't become astronauts and engineers without the sacrifice of others and that's what he's trying to like get through the main character and the audience itself is you have someone has to be sacrificed for others to push forward. We have uh, Marla basically uh, comes comes back in the picture because she needs a uh, breast exam from her homie, which she did not call Tyler. She called Jack for some fucking reason. So Jack obliges and gives the most respectful breast exam he can. By the way, Marla's stealing from Meals on Wheels, by the way, which is just fucking fucked up. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it while you can. It ain't going to be around yeah, for much longer. Boy, yeah, it's not getting into that bullshit. So Bob shows up and he finds he finds Jack, who he calls him Cornelius, because Jack uses a bunch of fake names. You know, it turns out that Jack, I mean Bob, actually joined the fucking Fight Club, but he goes on different days. That's why Jack never knew. It's fucking crazy. Right. And we're learning that the legend of Tyler Durden is growing. Mm-hmm. Where like uh, people are saying all types of crazy shit, like oh, uh, I heard um, he was born in a mental institution type shit. You know, like sh- shit's getting serious. And, right. and it's not once a week anymore. It's like a damn near everyday thing at this point. This is where we get the uh, we're the middle children of history speech. Well, before we get there, in one of the rules of Fight Club, it says no shirts, no shoes. And the reason you see Bob wear the shirt is because the fat suit that Meatloaf is wearing is very noticeable without a shirt on. So that's why we had to keep his shirt on. You know, they actually they actually set up a prosthetic for him to have his shirt off. Oh really? I didn't know that one. Yeah, like they 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 actually were they actually were gonna do it, but he was so drenched in sweat with the bodysuit itself that they decided not to they they decided not to do it because of that. Plus the fact they felt it might be a little too fucking much. Yeah, because <laughs> it was they, they they had they had one ready to go, but they're like this is this is gross, and they just we don't want it, we don't want them big old things flopping around. That's, yeah, that's that's fine. Thank God, thank the Lord, thank the fucking Lord. So here comes Lou. 
mob guy, right? He right. owns the building. Real, real piece of work. And he comes in and fucking goes Sopranos all up in that bitch. And, and Tyler's fucking with him. Kind of antagonizes him to, you know, to kind of take a swing at him. And Lou obliges. And I've never seen a dude who I wouldn't assume would whoop any ass. Whoop some fucking ass. <laughs> Beast Oh, yeah. Beats his ass. I was shocked. I was like, oh, I'll be damned. Punching the living shit out of him. Blood everywhere. I've never seen this before in movies. Um, having the script flipped on you so fucking hard to where this guy's, you know, Tyler is fucked up. Blood everywhere. He's laughing. Sounding like the Joker almost the way he's like handling this shit. He's laying on the ground. Lou turns his back, which was the biggest mistake you could ever do. And Tyler grabs him while whilst blood's pouring out of his face, bleeds into Lou's mouth, yelling and laughing, you don't know where I've been, Lou. You don't know where I've been. And I love one of the reactions from the guys uh, from the Fight Club just barfing at me. <laughs> just fucking Erlen, dude, because that's literally disgusting. That's like the worst. That Honestly and truly, because like, this was like in 99, I was like, man, I'm not going to fight anybody. <laughs> so... He's victorious because like he's like, hey, let us use the fucking building. And he's like, fine, whatever. What the fuck? I don't care. Honestly and truly, I feel like that would not have gone down like that in real life because his uh, Lou had a goon with a gun and I'd have been like, shoot this motherfucker. He would have got shot in the face and I'd be like, nobody saw fucking nothing or I'll kill all you. And then that'd be the end of it. And I get my fucking basement back and I'll go straight to, uh, to the clinic and get tested for AIDS. Yeah, but it's like one gun and there were what 30 guys in there and imagine this one is their leader the one who's laughing bloodied and beaten on the ground do you want to mess with 30 guys almost could be like this fucker on the ground yeah no yeah you don't have enough bullets i know i know maybe mm, 15 out of that 30 don't want to get shot <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not that fucking brave. let's rush them and sacrifice some of us negative fucking negative but that's just me. But um, so a- after he's quote unquote victorious, uh, and Lou and Lou and the goon leave, um, Tyler comes up with his idea for a homework assignment, which is uh the first of many, uh, to pick a fight and lose one. So I was like, that's weird. Fuck this club. I'd quit right in and there. But um, so they oblige him, and we get like a funny montage of people like fucking with people trying to fight him. But obviously, normal people don't want to fucking fight. So you see them like really trying to get him to fucking brawl with them and nobody wants to do it. Except like they had this one preacher, like this one reverend or something. <laughs> like Yeah, like a priest. <laughs> who just who, who just didn't have his heart in it, man. But he, he kind of gave him a fight, but kind of didn't. It was kind of funny to watch. This is where we get to the fake robbery scene, which is very important. Another human sacrifice. Right. Now in the book, that uh, you read it, correct? Yeah. So like I heard that um he was really about these sacrifices. That like, he wasn't such a kind-hearted spirit sparing lives no he actually like pulled off a bullet just to show that it was actually gonna shoot someone it was a real gun he he, he um he even, he even like encouraged killing at, at some point in the book didn't he yeah tyler's mindset is well you gotta crack a few eggs if we want a revolution right because i because i also heard in the book that it was more so not this not not necessarily free in the world but free in the world and him being in charge of it right which is really interesting, um, really fucking interesting, but completely different take on this movie because you know the, the movie has to make people likable to a certain extent because they don't want you to not buy the movie later. So people got to be likable in some sense. So he has his gun in the back of this poor Asian guy's head and is fucking with him, asking him all these life questions and shit, making him like super sad. And he's like, "What you want to do with your life, motherfucker?" And he's like, oh, "I want to be a veterinarian." 
He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is how you want to die behind a fucking a fucking corner store with a conveniently placed Mountain Dew machine that you can't stop looking at? <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at that fucking Mountain Dew machine. I couldn't. Sorry. I'm serious. I was just like, uh, I'm thirsty. But <laughs> he was like, no. He said, like, well, bitch, get the fuck out of here. If I find out in six, because I know where you live now. If I find out in six weeks, you're not a veterinarian. You're going to die. And like, uh, Jack is like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, man, this guy is going to like, this gonna be, tomorrow's gonna be the best day of his life. Watch. And I'm like, I like how Jack is like, oh, I see his genius and I see what he's doing. It's like, nah, it's still, it's still a dick move. You could have had that conversation without a gun in his fucking head. Like, you could have still talked to that guy. Sans gun and got your point across. Well, it's, it's, it's like that question that people ask you gun to your head, what would you rather do with your life? <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> so literally, you gun could just see your head. You could just say gun to your head and just I'll be like, "Huh, I'll think about it." But whatever, whatever, man. No, but but that that fear cuz like that fear is a good motivator to get him going to do something. Well, call his parents, man. You know what I mean? Uh, whatever. Whatever. I like I like how you're trying to justify this psychopathic behavior. I also know that monologue pretty well, too. That's I, like I, I, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> So Jack Jack talks to Barla, right? Bar- Barla comes downstairs again, and she knows Jill that her and Jack's about to get into it, and she's gonna leave. And Jack's like, "Nah, man, you, you know, just stick around. You don't have to leave right away." And and he asked, you know, because Tyler's like wearing her ass out, and and that's all he's doing. And she's like, and he's asking, like, "What are you getting out of this?" Which is honestly second watch, really cool to watch this movie, right? Really fucking cool because it's like no wonder she hates him so much. But um, like being sincere is possible. He's like, hey, like, like, what are you getting out of this? And she's like, what are you getting out of this? And I like how she's being literal. Right. Because, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. She's, uh, whatever, I'll, I'll, we'll sprinkle a little more spoiler spoilerization on the ending here. But, like, they're, they, they did some stuff. And she's talking about their interactions. He's talking about his weird man crush with Tyler. Right. I, I really enjoy that. And then... um. This is um this is when Tyler's down in the basement, right? During this whole conversation, it's just getting heated, and he's like, "Don't you hear this noise? Because there's like a, there's like a noise of construction in the in his head that he hears, and he's like distracted by it because he says us, and that really piqued Marla's interest. He's like, "Excuse me, like what do you mean us?" And and he would not finish the conversation, and there's like a lot of disjointed stuff happening. But if you know, second watch, everything makes sense. Right, every single thing makes sense when it seems like it's all chaos. When indeed it's only chaos on one end, which is really cool. The other thing about this movie that you will notice as we get more and more is Jack will actually say, I almost hear Tyler's words coming out of my mouth. Right. When before he, uh, they have a corporate sponsorship, before they go into Project Mayhem, they have, yeah, at the end of that, I needed you to lose a fight to someone. That's how they get corporate sponsorship. I hear Tyler's words coming out of my mouth. And when the scene with Marla, right, we're like, this conversation is over. Yes. He can't see Tyler's lips. And they were saying that at the same time. Also, uh, you're right. I apologize. I, I forgot to uh, mention the blackmail uh, beatdown with the boss. This is how uh, our boy quits his job. Uh, Jack shows up uh, giving zero fucks. And <laughs> he's like, we need to talk. And the boss is like, no, motherfucker, you're fired. You know, you, you're tripping. This is some crazy shit. So Jack beats the living shit out of himself. And I like how it freeze frames. He's like, huh, this is funny. This reminds me of my fight with Tyler. Nice little reminder for you just later if you watch the movie again. And he beats the living shit out of himself, tears the entire office up. And the cops show up and he's like perfect position looking like he's just getting his ass beat. And he cries like, please don't hit me anymore. So 
they pay him off and it works. Which I'm like, get a camera in your office, bro. So you never get fucked over again. What about all the hookers and blow that you bring to your office? I mean, that's you can't a have fair that point. That's a fair point. That's a sacrifice you makes. But um, sacrifices all up and down this thing. <laughs> gross. So, <laughs> so we have these applicants showing up, right? And right. Shit's getting kind of serious, man. Because these these homework assignments are getting more and more uh, serious. And now we have this one guy who's outside to be recruited. Now Jack is like, "What the fuck is going on?" Tyler was like. We're basically going to shit on this guy for like three days. If he stays, doesn't eat, doesn't sleep, doesn't do anything, we're going to let him in. He's like, for what? Like for Project Mayhem or some shit. Like he didn't really say, I'm, I'm kind of, it's, it's the bridge version of what I'm saying. And, okay. and I like how in the book, both of them are 100% on board with Project Mayhem and know about everything from Project Mayhem. There's no uh, disconnect between Tyler and Jack in this part of the movie. Right, now, they're on the same page, but not on this one. Um, the divide between them is like really big at this point because it's not really their thing anymore. It's more Tyler's thing with this weird boot camp shit happening, and then Bob shows up to fucking do uh, the training as well. Because like it's like day three for the first applicant, and Bob is a uh, second. He sees you know the first guy go in, and then Tyler shits on Bob, you know, saying you're too old, fat man, and Bob is about to walk away, but then you see like. It's kind of kind of funny how that looks because it looks like um, he said it, walked away, stopped, and turned around. But it was two different people. So Jack goes downstairs to like stop Bob and say, like, "Hey, man!" And he kind of lays out what he needs to do to stay. I feel like that was the that's like a pivotal moment too because that's Jack getting involved with Project Mayhem in a small way and putting Bob into that particular situation, which uh, makes up for shit later. So the army is fucking growing, right? Shit's crazy. Right. Shit is crazy. It's like a fucking cult, basically. It's like a terrorist cell <laughs> to a certain degree. Everyone is living in this big ass house. Everybody's hustling and bustling around and shit. Jack shows up, I guess from something. <laughs> I don't know where he was coming from, but he came off on the bus. They find out like, he finds out that whatever they did last is they vandalized a building and uh, it got on the news. Big right. fucking deal. Big fucking deal. It was a happy face with flaming eyeballs and shit. And they're all high-fiving and laughing about it and shit. Uh, there's a blonde Jared Leto that is in there having a good old time as well. And mm-hmm. the issue is they're having on the news where the cops um, are basically going to look into this. And they're going to like try to figure it out. They have a lead that it was a boxing organization. Uh, underground boxing organization that possibly started this shit. And it's going to be a fucking problem. Nobody is worried because there's always a plan. Of, there's already a plan of attack set up to stop this shit so basically we're at this banquet right yes where they're where they're bringing up their their task force to try and stop this mass these menaces these terrorists their uh their project hope is what they call it so we have a lucky break basically um the guy who, who's leading the charge has to go pee all the uh project mayhem guys are uh in disguise as the workers and the servers there so they charge him up in the fucking bathroom and they threatened to cut off this dude's nuts if he does not comply. Yep. Jesus. I like how Bob was like, oh, he missed his nuts so much. He's like, man, his nuts are cold. Like, he was just <laughs> His balls are ice cold. He was just disappointed in him. Like, how dare you have cool balls? My balls would have been on fire at this point. So they fucking, um, you know, they threatened him and it works. Which I'm like, man, this is really, everything's going their way. Because I call bullshit on all this. This will be... You threaten my nuts and you walk, and I'll be like, oh, sure, yeah, whatever you say. I will fucking hunt you down. <laughs> well, okay, so let's let's look at this logically. They're at the hotel that Tyler works at. 
surrounded by all the servants. And then Tyler tells him straight to his face, the people you are after, you will never see them coming because they live around you. They surround you all the time. We know where you live. We know who your family is. He didn't have to say it like that, but he just brings in this mindset that everyone you think could be a friend is actually someone who will cut your balls off. You're not going to put a rubber, rubber band on my nutsack and get away with it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you told me. I'm going to get my day ones. And if they backstab me, so be it. But I'm going to die before I get my nuts cut off. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right fucking now. Yeah, but if you got your nuts cut off, would would you want to tell anyone else? Tell anyone about anything? No, I'll just, I mean, I, I wouldn't give them all the details, but they'll, I'll just be like, hey, they got to die. Why I got to give them all the fucking information? Like, these motherfuckers need to be killed today. Like, why? Just fuck you. That's why. Why? Gotta, why? Why are, you, why are you sending us after these guys, Chief? Shut up! No one needs to talk to me! <laughs> First of all, if my balls got cut off, I'll be in the fucking hospital, so I'm pretty sure everybody will know. But yeah, if I survive that, yeah, I'm killing them. I'm killing them, dude. And I'm gonna have like a weapon like designed around my balls where they used to be. And I'm gonna kill them with that. Like that gun from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, but larger. <laughs> <laughs> much, much larger. But, um, so big. <laughs> fucking Howard Sears. <laughs> anyway, um, look at my dick cannon. <laughs> nice. So, like, you know, when they leave, they're all getting all hype and shit and high five and everything. This is where it gets a little weird, man, because Tyler's like super proud of Jared Leto and he kind of like, you know, rustles his hair and shit and gives him a little bit of attention. And Jack, Jack, Jack don't like that shit, man. Jack wasn't feeling that. No, a little bit of attention shit. So shit gets a little weird, man. Um, we'll, we'll just we'll just fast forward a bit. So basically, we, we go to Fight Club, you know, soon soon after this, where uh, Jared Leto's getting all his uh his uh you know commendations and shit, and Jack takes it out on his ass, man. Oh, by the way, Jared Leto's character's name is Angel Face. Apparently, I I, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. No, I think they. I th- I really feel like he was blonde for a reason, right? To just like be such a stark comparison, how much blood was on his face. You can see all the blood on his face. Like, there's no hiding through uh, brown or uh, black hair. You just you see how bloody he is, and he destroys him. Like knocks his teeth out. Nobody thinks it's funny. Nobody's like pat him on the back. Everybody's pretty silent. <laughs> I just like the look of like, well, fuck him, kind of <laughs> attitude Jack had when he got off him. And he told Tyler, you know, hey, I just, you know, I just want to destroy something beautiful, man. I was like, damn, it's fucked up. And little, little, you, you kind of admitted the dude was, was was attractive, but whatever. Oh yeah, it's it's Jared Leto. He's a rock star. Right, right. Well, he, he literally is. What? Well, yeah, he probably blasted his face for making Thirty Seconds to Mars. So we get we get this uh, beef between uh, Tyler and uh, Tyler and Jack even more so now because now th- there's a stupid thing where they're both driving. And there's two guys from Project Mayhem in the back seat, and they're arguing with each other. And like, <laughs> you could tell that the, the, the guys in the back are indoctrinated because they're only repeating the rules of Project Mayhem in the back while they're arguing. And they're fighting for over, you know, control of the wheel of the car, which I feel like is another metaphor of like the struggle between him and um, Jack. Right. So in the back seat, the guys are yet saying the you know first rule of Project Mayhem is you do not ask questions because in the front seat. We're literally seeing the spine of the movie where Jack is holding on to the wheel of the car and Tyler's telling him, screaming at him, you have to let go. Stop holding on to shit that doesn't matter anymore. 
and just let go. Oh, also admitted that uh, he blew up his fucking apartment and all this insanity. And he he lets go of the wheel, man. He's like, fine, fuck it. And they crash. <laughs> they crash. Tyler thinks it's a fucking riot. Your boy, uh, your boy Jack's a little tuckered out, man. He's he's kind of he's kind of tired from this ordeal, and he sleeps, quote unquote. And um, Tyler leaves him and closes the door on him as he's resting. He's like, "Yeah, hey, go ahead and rest, man," and closes the door on him, and everything goes dark. Which I feel like is um, kind of like just showing how uh, Jack checked out from right. Project Mayhem for a undisclosed amount of time. Right, because it, it, it is a time lapse, but it doesn't seem like there's a time lapse because Tyler's gone. When Jack finally wakes up, he's not there anymore. Nowhere to be fucking found. But yeah, but the house is just covered in space monkeys, the minions of the Tyler's army in Project Mayhem. Right, and so now Jack is just alone and miserable without Tyler, his best friend, his his confidant. Right, and and uh, I like it as a scene where he closes the door. But he was looking for him. He closed the door in the main room, and you see nothing but fucking uh, driver licenses, because uh, you know, quote unquote, human sacrifices. So it's either he jacked a lot of people and made them um, live out their dreams with a gun in their head, or the people who were recruited, you know, gave up their fucking uh, names, one or the other. Um, right. But it's, it's a shit ton of them, dude, and it's it's really like insane. You can tell it's out of fucking control. It's no longer Fight Club. It's Project Mayhem all the fucking way. Everyone is indoctrinated. Shit is insane. Also, there's a bunch of fucking um, dossiers and shit and folders on the wall and maps with arrows pointing at them. And Jack goes to touch one of the fucking files. Here comes Angel Face, now dubbed Mongoloid Face, shows up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. But he, he shows up and like stops him. He's like, it's already taken care of, sir. His face is gone. He looks like oh, yeah. the motherfucker from Goonies now, dude. Like his, he got a big old swollen eye teeth all jacked up it's a fucking travesty and he's like it's taken care of sir it's like oh snap you know it's it's out of control it's officially out of his hands there's nothing he can fucking do at this point and i like how jack just starts hopping cities he he hops on a plane he looks at all the receipts from uh where uh tyler has been and he tries to retrace tyler steps quote unquote (laughs) Right. Trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and all, all, all he's getting is like nods and like, oh, I can't, I can't talk about that, sir. You know, um, everybody kind of like freaking out around him because you know they know he's the, the head motherfucker in charge, right? And um, there's this is one dude who has a. First of all, I call bullshit because if your neck is destroyed and you got to wear a halo, you're not going to work to be a bartender. It's just not. What kind of benefits do you have? Where you get a fucking halo, and they still make you bar a ten bar like that's, it's grimy, man. I just thought I just love the fact that like, hey, um, you know, Dave, you don't really have to come in anymore. No, it's fine. The doctor said it was fine. Yeah, but the the can can you even like make drinks with that thing on? Yeah, yeah I can. I can serve beer. Jesus, <laughs> my arms aren't broken. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. All right, man. Whatever, bro. Just whatever. So like. And, and and if I'm in the Halo and I see the guy that's responsible for it, I'm not going to... First of all, he can't even do the fucking Fight Club nod. I'd be like, fuck you, bro. You ruined me. I'm destroyed now. Look at me. I'm a fucking monster. And uh, I will cry. But um, he was happy to see him and shit. And he's like, yeah, dude. But he broke the rule. I don't know because his spinal columns are fucked up. He, could, yeah, he lacked the spine to uh, <laughs> keep a secret. But um, the, the the guy in the Halo basically lets him know that, you know, he's, that he's Tyler. And he's like, what? Like, it didn't make sense to him 
Because he's like, first of all, who the fuck are you? I don't know you. But he's like, I know you. He's like, well, who am I? He's like, you're Tyler. I'm like, what? Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. He's blown away by that shit. He goes back to his uh, what's called his hotel, right? Right. And he calls up Marla. And it's like even more apparent <laughs> that he is indeed Tyler Durden. Cause he was like, he was um he was kind of talking to her. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like the fact, like, do we make love? Do we have sex? He's like, what? And she's annoyed by him because they've been smashing this whole time. Because mm-hmm. he is Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden is Jack. Jack was never his name. We just gave him the name Jack because he was just a narrator. He never had to name the whole fucking movie. He is Tyler Durden. Edward Norton's Tyler Durden. Fucking Brad Pitt is Tyler Durden. I can't make this more clear for you folks if you're listening. It's insanity. What is we going to do? Shit's crazy, man. And then Tyler pops up out of nowhere with a shaved head. Like, I told you not to talk about us, man. I mean, me. I told you not to bring me up. I told, me, I told, I told you. And, and, and like, if you're stupid <laughs> you don't know, and you don't know how to watch movies, you realize that's not really another person. Because how the fuck did he just magically show up with a shaved head and uh, fucking Mad Max gear on? You just, you just don't. And uh, I like how... um. The whole terminology of changeover happened at this point, right? Right. Which I yeah, thought, I, term- thought, I thought it was funny. It was a nice little fourth wall breaking thing. It's like, yeah, this is the point of the movie where shit happens. I, I go to sleep and shit changes without me fucking knowing. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So when when Jack, the narrator, wakes back up, he finds out he's been making phone calls while he's been asleep. So he then goes back to the house, and the house is empty. Except for these, the folders and the dossiers that are left behind with the addresses leading to the phone calls that he's been making. So now he goes and he needs to like clear the field. So what he does is he talks to Marla first to try and get her safe because she's the only one who knows Tyler isn't a god. Tyler isn't a demon. Tyler's human. He can be destroyed. So if Tyler can be destroyed, then Project Mayhem stops. So like he he goes to the cops to like turn himself in, and it almost works. He lays the whole thing out. The one guy who's been calling him about the arts and shit with his apartment is like, okay, let me look into this. Unfortunately, the three other guys that's in there are a part of Project Mayhem, and they're like, this is an amazing gesture, sure, sir. We're like, we're like we're really impressed by this gesture, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, you said if anybody talks about Project Mayhem, we got to take their nuts. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, what? <laughs> but he's the leader. Well, yeah, but it's like, so Tyler is so aware of himself inside of the body of Jack of that he set up contingencies. Yeah. <laughs> like dumb contingencies. Like, well, I'm Tyler Durden and I'm going to say this. He's like, yeah, he, he said you'll say that. He's like, okay, oh my God, I'm not. I'm, you know, and, and it's just like every single thing you try to do. Like, yeah, well, yeah, he, he said you said you'll do that too. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is still stupid. You know what I mean? Like, I get that they're indoctrinated. I get that they're part of the culty vibe and whatnot. But like, I just, uh, it's just this part was kind of dumb to me. Uh, I buy it. I could, I, I couldn't buy into how drunk, like how just dumb they were to be like, oh, we got to, we got to take our supreme leader's nuts. How was that a gesture? What is that a gesture of? Like, what? So in the book, he explains that a man without his nuts really isn't kind of a man anymore, and. When he speaks, no one believes him because he's not even a thing. He's barely a he's barely a notion. And it feels like that without his manhood, his nuts, he's silent. He won't he can't speak to anyone. 
And it seems, like I said, it's like, if you didn't have your nuts because someone took them from you, yeah, you'd kill them. But if you had to explain that it was like a massive conspiracy to take your nuts, no one would believe you. I can't wrap my brain around that one, bro. I'm sorry. That, that, <laughs> one, that, one, that one bothered the fuck out of me. But luckily... Luckily, uh, our boy Jack got out of there, or Tyler, whatever the fuck. Edward Norton at this point was was named the, the actors. All so, right. so Ed, l- luckily this dude, because I saw the gun my damn self. The, the one of the cops had a gun just dangling out of his fucking holster, and I'm like, grab that motherfucker, and he sure enough did, and he got the fuck out of there, threatening him with a lead salad, which is uh, <laughs> never heard that shit before in my life. I'll give you, I'll give you a lead salad, like, ugh, boo, you're not good at talking shit. It's like, so, we definitely know you're not the leader of Project Mayhem with that line. <laughs> so he's running for his life. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention this. Uh, Bob died. Jesus. This is when shit really got out of control. Because uh, right. they, they had a plan. This is before all this happens, folks. I'm sorry. We're out of order. They had a plan to uh, basically blow up a, a corporate uh, spear sculpture thing and have it roll into a Starbucks, essentially, to just you know say, fuck you, Starbucks. And um, everything was going fine until Bob got shot in the back of the head, and it kept his uh, skull cap on until they brought him to the um, back to the compound. And when Jack pulled off his hoodie, like the back of his head just fell out, and it was fucking disgusting and hilarious at the same time. Uh, but really gross and sad because I really like Bob, man. And it, it sucked that the dude with the giant titties got killed. This is embarrassing. Oh yeah, and also that's Jack's fault because Jack could have let him walk away. Because he failed, he failed the trial, but he, he cheated and let him know how to get in to include him. And basically, he murdered him. And uh, everyone was really like, kind of like, fuck it to the body. And was just kind of like, oh, because I forgot about this. Uh, uh, Tyler was kind of training them that they're nobodies, that they're nothing. Yeah. So the fact that uh, he died, they were kind of over it. Like, well, we got to bury him in the back. And he's like, no, his name is blah, blah, blah. Uh, Richard. Robert Paulson. Robert Paulson. Thank you. Jesus. He's like, his name is Robert Paulson. And one of the guys is like, oh, I think I get it. Only in death in Project Mayhem do you have a name. It's like, oh, shut up. Shut up, everybody. So they started chanting his name is uh, Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. This is, uh, this cult vibe is off the charts. So back to where we are now. Edward Norton is running his ass off in his drawers because they took his pants off, trying to cut his nuts off, um, to go to one of the buildings to stop the bomb. He meets, first of all, he finds the bomb super easy <laughs> in a van real easy yeah and uh he's trying to un- like take out the wires but here comes tyler tyler durden's uh brad pitt version here comes brad pitt uh to kind of fuck shit up to get in his head and make him second guess himself as he tries to disarm the bomb also reminds him that there's 10 other bombs or nine other bombs including the bombs he's trying to defuse and how it's not going to fucking work so we have this weird internal boss battle that ensues mind you while Brad Pitt is attacking um, Edward Norton in this part, uh, his shirt is a little uh, white beater. is composed uh-huh. of nothing but nudie mags. I did not catch that one. You, you, know, you remember seeing the words brown sugar? Or there was black sugar. Was yeah, like, that's was, that's what I saw. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that, was, that was the name of an old school uh, <laughs> black porno mag publication. There's several more on the shirt, but the lighting hides it. Um, just, just throw that out there for you. But yeah, Brad is whooping Ed's ass. And I like how they show the camera. Just in case you're still stupid and don't realize they're the same guy. Showing how it's Edward Norton beating the living shit out of himself. Right? Right. Which is insane. Um, so he whoops his ass and shit. So he comes to 
because he, he, he lost he lost to his own brain folks no so like this also has my favorite line in the whole movie where edward norton loses his gun in this fight but beforehand he gets a couple shots off and it's like okay you are now firing a gun at your imaginary friend near 400 gallons of nitroglycerin right and I'm not sure if I know what the 400 gallons look like, but they would not fit in that fucking van. I'm just gonna throw that out there, just just saying. But um, why why are you always like you burst my bubble there? Oh, you burst mine. I'm talking about my my ball sack vendetta. You're like actually you'll be you'll be in fear. Like fuck you. You don't know me in my hypothetical ball assault. You don't know shit about me, man. But, you don't know me. You don't know how much I don't care about my balls. <laughs> but um, take yeah. these nuts out, your shit. Jesus, so they fucking they fucking took him. I mean, they took him. He 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 got him. He, he tied him up to a chair, <laughs> put a gun in his mouth. Like we get right back to the game of the movie. Very disappointed Edward Norton losing to imaginary Brad Pitt. It's very sad, very pathetic, but um, nonetheless, at this point, it's kind of a mind fuck here where he realizes that Brad Pitt's not holding the gun. He's holding the gun, and he has the power. So he essentially shoots himself in the fucking face. Where I'm like, oh, he killed himself first viewing. Like, oh my God. Jesus. Uh, Brad Pitt's like, what is that smell? It's the back of your skull, homie. You are dead. Tyler goes down. Edward Norton is finally free. He's Tyler Durden now, 100%. And right on time, here comes uh, Marla. Because Marla got snatched up by the goons, right? Right. And I like how she's all up in his face. Like, who the fuck do you think? Oh my god, your face. Because <laughs> there's a hole coming out. Mm, point to like, you know how you eat a sweet tart and you always point to that part of your neck that's like in right. the back? Yeah, that's where the hole is, folks. He's fucked up. He's trying to talk like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Trying to talk and shit. And he's basically telling everybody to get the fuck out, you know, go downstairs, he'll meet him and shit. He's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good now. Don't worry about it. Even though there's a hole in my neck, I'm fine. We're going to figure this out. But, um,. And before he got to finish, all the buildings start blowing up. The plan is succeeding. All these buildings, by the way, are vacant because, you know, Tyler Durden's a good dude. And everybody on the inside uh, made sure that no one was around in those buildings when they blew up. All these buildings are connected to banks. Um, the whole plan was to have these banks collapse and everyone balance goes back to zero, which I'm sure maybe in 1999 that's how it would have worked, but it would not happen like that now, <laughs> thanks to the cloud. In the book... The plan was to blow up a building to fall on top of a museum with Tyler inside to die as a martyr. Right. What? Like, why? <laughs> How does that make... I prefer the movie, man. I prefer the movie's version where it's a little bit more political. Well, so did the author. The author himself actually stated that he preferred the movie version rather than his own book. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> Damn. So, as these buildings blow up, Marla and Tyler... We're holding hands and, and and we have some music play at the end and that's that's the end of our movie that's that's, that's it penis no. oh yeah oh yeah a little quick flash of that dick i thought that was funny actually just a quick flash of penis it wasn't quick it, it, it was forever for me i was like huh ah, oh god <laughs> it's in there too long that was way too long that was like six frames at least but um that's the end of our film man we, we fucking we fucking did it we got we got through it that was a long one it's a long movie so I'm gonna to, to try to trim this episode up a little bit, but let's get into our tallies, man. Let's uh, let's figure out how many poor souls were actually freed from their um, fleshy prisons. Let's get into the body count. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
technically one. Yeah, technically one. And an imaginary friend. And, we, and one spectral body. So, yeah, only one died. Unfortunately, it was good old Bob. He got two double D titties and lost his brains. And uh, shout out to you, Meatloaf, who died yet again. And this is the second time Meatloaf died on Code 45. He, he died as Eddie in uh, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And now he died as Big Titty Bob. Aww. Rest in peace, Pizzop. Maybe he just likes to die. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, speaking of titties. <laughs> here we go. Let's get into some nicer ones, man. Let's get into skin deep. I like how, you, I like how you're here we go. It's all exciting. Let's get into skin deep. It's about to get skin deep. I just want to see a little feet. Just show me that boy. Just a little bit of titties. Right now. So we have uh, one pair. Oh, yeah, just the one. <laughs> yeah, just the one. Just the one. Good old druggy titties. And, and damn, and, like fucking fever dream. <laughs> right. I mean, it was a cool angle. Cool angle to see them. But um, yeah, man. I, I like how um, it's split down the middle. You know, one and one, if you will. Oh, snap. See what I did there? One and done. <sighs> but yeah, that's all we got for the tallies, man. So, um. You know what the sad part is? I was going to ask if this was a video game, what would it be? But this was a fucking video game. And it was absolute garbage. Yeah, I figured the game would suck on this one. Suck so bad. Um, they couldn't use the likenesses of um, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. And <laughs> Lou was one of the characters. Um, <laughs> the Asian guy who um, who got the gun put to his head was one of the characters. And the, and the police guy who was calling about the arson shit <laughs> was one of the fucking guys. What the shit? This is a god awful game. This is terrible. I wouldn't want to play with these guys. That's even terrible. Irvin, even Irvin and the guy with the neck halo were in the game. It was just, it was bad, and, and it had like a it was a separate story mode that did not involve either of the characters, bro. It was hor- it was it was horrible. It was horrible. I would um honestly, if I, if I could make this a game, it'll be a Telltale game. It's oh the, yeah, that's the best option. It's the best option. A Telltale game where you would probably be a part of like you'll try to get into Project Mayhem. Kind of like how the original game was, but like a better version of that. That'd be kind of cool. I would like, I'd play that game. If it were me, I would want it to be more like, um, like Max Payne. I guess, yeah, it's still like a Telltale game. I can't, I can't think of any other games where you do weird shit to try and get into right. Right. another more of the weird plays. Yeah, and uh, making it a, a Tekken clone is just not, it <laughs> wasn't the best. Yeah, I was, I was another thing like a it fighting game. Yeah, it only had three movesets, too, where it was like it's just interchangeable between characters. It was martial arts, brawling, and uh, I think street fighting or some shit. You play as Bob. Fling your tits. <laughs> Titty attack. Titty attack. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> motorboat. But um, it's final verdict time, people. We got to rate this movie. It's knee pads and slippers time. What that is, folks, is our rating system. We don't do five stars or two thumbs up. What we do is a maximum of two hater slippers. If we hate this movie, one of just <laughs> put on the slippers, mount on top of a person, and punch this movie's face until their teeth fall out. Or a maximum of two uh, glorious knee pads where we fall down 
and worship this movie giving it is just due. Random. Randy Savage. Knee pads and slippers. Oh, I'm definitely going to need them knee pads because I got a lot of crazy shit to be. I got to like, I got to put up posters that say I can uh, fertilize my lawn with uh, oil. I got to erase all the videos in the red box because <laughs> I'm a full-fledged member of Project Mayhem. I just don't, I can't talk about it because you're not supposed to ask questions. <laughs> this movie is definitely going to get two knee pads, man. Um, it's, it's just a great, uh, it's one of those, now granted there's a couple of like, <clears throat> you know, uh, how the fuck was that possible if he's two guys things, but it's very minuscule and small. It's actually a delight to watch a second time. Um, if not third time, because there's way more. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie, man. And for like a 1999 movie, that's pretty fucking awesome that it can still hold up uh, the test of time. Because it's damn near about to be 20 years old. Oh, yeah. They had their 20th anniversary recently. A while ago. Can't remember right now. But, yeah. Wait, is it? I thought be, I thought 2019 would be their 20th. 19. Oh, yeah. Never mind. But Dude, I, know, I know I bought the 15th anniversary Blu-ray. Uh, that's all. I was going to say bootleg. <laughs> bootleg, yeah. I bought a bootleg. Special I had to keep it in the spirit of it. Nice. I'm not paying for it. Not paying corporate money for it. Right. But yeah, man. This um, even though Pepsi was all throughout that fucking movie, but um, yeah, man. That's uh, that's the end of it, man. We fucking got through this shit. It was, it was a two-hour movie, so naturally this uh, episode went wrong a little long, man. But uh, yeah, man. This fucking movie ruled, man. Oh yeah, and if if anyone actually seen Fight Club but haven't read Fight Club Part Two, the graphic novel, go ahead and give that a big, give that a, a see how you like it because that gets fucking weird. I can only imagine, dude. Only fucking imagine. Well, folks, oh, you have any shoutouts, Randy? Um, no, just uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Podbean. I'm trying to get some more stuff on YouTube, but you know we'll see how that goes. But yeah, man, um, shout out to uh, Hashtag Movie Pod Squad The Movie Pod Squad Network uh, Nerd Podcast Mafia um, And Potter and Family uh, Yeah, shout out to everybody who supports us, man And uh, y'all have a good one